It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Well, happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmoke, Lance Meadow with you. The phone number for you to give us, up, give us a call and talk Giants football is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants chat on Twitter if you prefer to get in touch with us that way. Uh, you can do that as well. John Schmoke, Lance Meadow with you. The Giants fall on Monday Night Football to the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that had every opportunity to be won, 20-17. to 17. And Lance, I'm just going to start here really broadly, and then we can obviously dig into some of the details here. Uh, just for the record, we had a 6 a.m. flight this morning. I'm about two hours of sleep, so if I'm a little punchy, I apologize ahead of time. I did sleep on the plane for about two and a half hours. That was well, good. that's good. Yes. yes. No, I did. I was like dreaming. I passed out so hard. But um, if I'm a little punchy, I apologize. If I'm a little incoherent, I apologize. Also, I have not gotten a chance to watch the Giants defense tape yet. I just finished the offense before we came on because I thought that was the more important thing to watch and the reason I want to watch the offense first year Lance because if you would have told me when we were on our pregame show doing our factor fictions and over-unders at 705 yesterday or you know whatever time it was that the Giants would finish the game with 300 total yards of offense and they would have scored 17 points you know what I told you I would have told you they would have lost and I would have told you they probably would have lost fairly convincingly and more convincingly than they lost the actual game so from a very broad perspective just looking at the game from a 20,000-foot view, and then we can dig into some of the details, you got to score more than 17 points if you want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just not going to happen. We talked about it last week. I think I looked it up. The Chiefs have scored under 20 points three times since Patrick Mahomes took over as their starting quarterback. So you're just not beating them if you score 17 points. Period. Stop. End of discussion. And it's a shame because of how well the defense played. Yeah, no. I think that's the biggest disappointing factor. Defense did their part, man. They were good. Yeah, you held Kansas City to 20 points, a team that, despite their struggles, John, and we talked about this in the days leading up to the game, they're still getting in that 26, 27-point barometer. 400 yards a game. 400 yards a game, yeah. So if you can hold them to 20 points, and you could hold them, to me, the most impressive number was two for six in the red zone, which proves, once again, they were moving the ball. They just weren't finishing drives. So you had them continue their struggles, which has plagued them all throughout the season, but your offense doesn't complement the defensive performance. And then what have we seen more often than not, John? When the complementary football is not on full display, in the end of the game situations, when all of the little things become magnified, the Giants are not good enough to overcome those mistakes. So the penalties started to arise on both offense and defense. You're not making those big plays to overcome that. And then you allow the Chiefs to do enough with moving the ball to get in field goal range, and that's the game. So despite the really strong defensive performance, it's still a narrative that shifts back to, well, why did you lose another close game? Because of all the mental mistakes that piled up in the end. No question about it. All right, a couple things I want to talk about here, and I guess we'll jump to some of the bigger plays in the fourth quarter, and we could talk generally about it too. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to focus on those penalties in the fourth quarter, and I'm sure you're going to hit that, Lance, so I'll let you do that. But I want to point to two things that would have helped the Giants overcome those penalties that 
it was simply an execution thing on their part where they didn't execute it properly. After the Eli Penny taunting penalty, which, by the way, didn't cost the Giants a first down. It just cost them yards. So instead of having it first and 10 on the 43, they had it first and 10 on their own 28. Two plays later, Darius Slayton has about a step and a half on a Chiefs cornerback, and Daniel Jones puts it just out of reach. Now, there was a defensive holding call on the play, and that maybe messed up the timing of the rattle a little bit. That's all true. But if you look at the tape, Jones is looking left. By the time he looks right, he sees where Slayton is on the field. The hold had taken place prior to that, and he overthrew Slayton. If he puts that ball on Slayton, he can run for a touchdown. That's how that's he has a good yard and a half, two yards on the defender. So that's the first play where I thought it could have been a little bit of a better throw. But again, I think the defensive holding gives Jones a little bit of a mulligan there because it might have messed up the timing on the throw. The other one that's even bigger to me is on the second and seven, two plays after that, at the Giants' own 42-yard line, Darius Slayton wins at the line of scrimmage on a slant. Jones throws the ball a little bit high, but bottom line, it hits Darius Slayton in his hands, goes through him. That puts the Giants in a, in a third and seven. They can't convert. They struggled on their third and longs all, and third and shorts, for that oh, matter. Oh, yeah, the third and shorts, really. All yeah. of them, uh, all game long. And that really was their best shot there at taking the lead when the game was scored at 17, tied at 17. So, yes, the penalties killed them. No disagreement. But with those two plays, there were opportunities to overcome those penalties. But... Because of poor execution on the field, they were not able to do it. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's a great point. There was still more than enough of an opportunity to make up for the penny taunting because you got a fresh set of downs as a result of the holding call against Traverius Ward, which is what you just mentioned. My only counter to that that I'll throw in there is I just think it's sort of I don't want to say it sucked the momentum out of the team, but it changed the field position game, John. No, sure because, did. Absolutely. Right? I mean, if you don't get that taunting, you're right. He still got the first down, but just think about this. You're at the Giants' 43-yard line. Yep. Now, does that mean that play calling is going to change? I don't know. Perhaps. Maybe Garrett wants to pound the football a little bit more because they're thinking, hey, we don't have to move miles to get into field goal range. But the fact that you go from the 43 to now the 28, it just, what a killer in terms of the field position game because now you have to change your strategy, your play calling, because now you got to make up for that lost yardage and it's no layup line to get back into field goal range. So that's where I would say it was a killer, even though they had, to your point, more than enough of an ample opportunity to make up for that. Yeah, I agree 100%. I'm with you. And I felt like over the course of the game, much like last week against Carolina, and you're able to do it against the Panthers because obviously they're not going to score as many points as Kansas City has. Uh, I felt like offensively throughout the game, Lance, the Giants were trying to really help and protect their offensive line. There was a lot of quick game. There was a lot of play action. Uh, not quite as much pocket movement as last week, but there was still some of it. And every time, and we saw it on the final drive, right, when the Giants got the ball back in the fourth quarter with 107 to go on the clock, and you're in a situation where you have to throw the ball and you have to do straight dropbacks and you can't leave extra guys in the block, yep. what happened? The it defense, plays right into Spags' hands, by the way. The defense was all over Daniel Jones. So yep. while I want to come – and, and, and I'm, I'm really in a precarious situation here because I, under, I really understand both sides of this argument. You, the one side of me says you're going into this game, you're playing the Chiefs, you're playing Patrick Mahomes, you know you got to score points. So you want to be aggressive, right? Throw the ball more on early downs. Try to get the ball down the field. The Chiefs defense has given up big plays this year. Their pass rush has not been effective this year. Go make some big plays. However, 
every time with since Andrew Thomas went out, you see this team get put in a situation where the other team knows they're going to pass the football, the offensive line can't protect. They just can't protect, whether it's stunts, one-on-one on the outside, blitzes, Jones is under fire. If it's not quick game, if it's not play action, if it's not chips on the outside, they have trouble protecting the quarterback. So Joe Judge said in the postgame show that on his press conference that this game went kind of the way they wanted it to go, right? The game flow was there. They played the quote he used, he played the game, they played the game on their terms. So the way I'm thinking about this is that Joe Judge and the offensive staff kind of thought going into this game that if we expose the passing attack to too many deep drops, you know, not a lot of quick game, not a lot of max protect, that could go bad. And you could have turnovers, sacks, fumbles, and you want to avoid negative plays, right? So they decided to do it a little bit more where you're going to do a lot of quick stuff, a little bit more conservative, running on early downs a little bit more. And I understand that strategy, but bigger picture, I'm like, no, you want to throw it down the field. You want to make big plays at the Chiefs. You got to score. So I understand why the coaching staff did what they did. I understand the counter argument. The fans want to come in and call in about that. I get it. But the bottom line here, Lance, whenever the Giants get into these situations where Jones has to hold the ball to make a pass down the field and there's not either max protection or moving pocket, play action, any of those things, the offensive line just hasn't been able to stand up and protect consistently enough to have confidence to do that often during a game. And we saw that a bit even in the Carolina game, John. Oh, the absolutely. Previous week. Sure. So, I mean, this to me has been sort of a common theme. Now, the Panthers are different in terms of their defensive playmakers, their philosophy compared to the Chiefs. You have to take that into consideration. But I think the theme has been, as you just outlined, they realize they have to do everything in their power to protect the offensive line by getting Daniel Jones moving, getting rid of the football. So I think that carried over to this week. The only issue is when you have the philosophy, John, that you don't want to go for the home run, you have to finish drives, John. If you're going to go very slow and methodical, which is perfectly fine, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, I'm a big proponent of, don't tell me you want time of possession. Show me what you did with time of possession. And oh, by the way, the Giants didn't even win time of possession in this game. But to further highlight your point as to why people would say, hey, sometimes you got to take some chances down the field, but I understand you don't necessarily have the personnel. I want to go to three possessions in the first half combined with the second half that I think ultimately may have come back to bite them more so than what happened at the end of the game. First of all, okay, you get the interception early, John. And what did we talk about? Kansas City's had issues. But you've got to cash them in. So you get the deflection into Julian Love's hands, and then two plays later, Daniel Jones is picked off by Willie Gay. You give the Chiefs now excellent field position. And what happens? What do we see more often than on in the NFL? You get a break, but then you gift wrap it again. That opponent is now not going to give it back to you. They're going to make you pay. That's exactly what the Chiefs did. So the two takeaways, they basically countered one another, and the Chiefs got back into the red zone, and this time they scored. That was a killer. You have to make the Chiefs pay like previous opponents. But the third downs, the third and shorts, John, were so much of an issue in this game, which is why when you're going to go slow and methodical, if you don't finish, it defeats the purpose. So on the drive that they had after they scored their first touchdown to make it 7-7, they went three and out. They faced a third and eight 
And on this play, it was an incomplete pass to Shepard. Okay, that wasn't necessarily a manageable one. But then on the next drive— Which, by the way, Lance, I watched that play. There was pressure on that play, third and long, and you couldn't protect. Sterling Shepard stumbles out of his break on that play, and two of the receivers are open on the other side of the field. So that's an execution thing again. Again, Shepard's the first read. If he doesn't stumble, you might complete that pass and get the first down. But pressure was coming— Shepard stumbles, and those are the little things. You know, Joe Judge talks about fundamentals all the time. Sure. Those are the little things that are the difference between sustaining a drive and not sustaining a drive, keeping your feet. Anyway, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to No, no not a problem. No, I'm glad you interjected. So that's one drive that stalled. Then on the very next drive, it's a much more manageable third down. It's third and four. And this was, again, a pass attempt to Shepard. Now, two things on this, John, and I'm curious your perspective. And yeah. I brought this up on the postgame show. Number one, Shepard is not at the first down marker. So the route doesn't give you the best opportunity to move the chains. That was the first thing that jumped out to me. The second thing was Daniel Jones's throw, yeah. I don't think, helped Shepard's cause because he threw it and basically brought his momentum towards out of play where maybe if it's a slightly better throw, I'm not saying Shepard runs for the first down, but maybe as an opportunity to win the one-on-one -on -one battle, make a guy move and get past the chains. Yes, I agree with that. And it's funny, Dan Orlovsky on, on his Twitter feed this morning was talking about that play a lot. And he made a point, Lance, and this is kind of what I saw last night, there just wasn't enough room for Shepard to catch the ball and get upfield, right? Yep. So I think there are two parts of it. One is the throw, which is you already mentioned. It didn't give Shepard a great chance to catch it and go. But I think the, the problem was, was, was more with the spacing. So I think Jones maybe could have gotten the ball out a little bit quicker. So Shepard wasn't so close to the sideline when he caught the pass. So he had more room to, to, to turn it upfield. But number two, and this is what Dan Orlovsky brought up, and I thought it was a really good point, he thought the wide receivers who were kind of bunched on that side of the field, the two guys were lined up right next to each other. I'm not, I think it was Shepard and Tony, or maybe it was Shepard and Ingram maybe. And he thought they should, their initial alignment should have been further towards the middle of the field. So instead of being a yard off of the numbers, they should have been three yards off of the numbers. So when Shepard does that little speed out, he has room to catch it and turn it upfield. But since he was lined up too close to the sideline initially, there was not enough space there to catch it and turn the ball upfield, which I also thought was interesting. So all those factors combined clearly pretty much doomed the Giants from continuing that drive. Now, granted, they got a field goal, but on a third and four, once again, a very manageable down, you'd like to see maybe you get a chance to have now first and goal and get a few more opportunities to get the ball in the end zone. And this was a theme because now we go to the second half, your first drive to begin the third quarter, which has been an Achilles heel for the Giants this season overall, regardless of the opponent. Now it's a third and one, John, okay? Even better. They go for a fake pitch. Jones keeps it and gets stuffed at the line and clearly... Fourth and one, you're at your own 34. If people may want to talk all you want about you got to be aggressive against the Chiefs. I'm perfectly fine. You got to punt the ball. You don't convert that. You're now handing the Chiefs at least a field goal opportunity. So I had no problem with that, but that was another huge missed opportunity. Then we go to the following drive, third and three now. Jones throws the ball to Tony. Now, very similar to the Shepard play that I talked about. Two things on this one, John. Number one, it went through Tony's hands. Okay, I'll give you that. Yep. But I also thought the throw was very low and made it much more difficult for Tony. Granted, he had a defender right in the vicinity. So I'm sure Jones was thinking, I got to put it where it's either going to be incomplete or Tony's going to make a great grab. But I thought the combination of that also came back to bite the Giants. Yeah, I think Tony probably should have caught the ball anyway. 
Um, but I agree, it was not a perfect throw. I will like to your point. I think it was a very small window. It was yeah. defended pretty well. There wasn't a lot of room to get that pass in. But I thought Tony could have caught it. Jones could have made a little bit of a better throw. But you're right, Lance. Those third down conversions. And that was one of the first things that Daniel Jones mentioned in his post game press conference. The Giants just finished four of twelve on third down in the game. They were two or three of the red zone. Give them credit for that. Uh, but all in all, the offense just you know couldn't sustain enough to. Uh, to really get the job done. Uh, well, and, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, and John, keep in mind, the Chiefs had one of the worst third-down defenses in the NFL. Yeah. We're talking about near 50% conversion rate for the opposition. And it's not as if you were facing third and 10, third and 10, third and 10. You know, you're talking about third and ones, third and three, third and four. Another third and four. The short yardage situations were very favorable, and they still couldn't convert. And similarly, the Chiefs' pass rush was one of the worst pass rushes in the yep. league heading into this game. Well, they that unit looked a lot better. They moved Chris Jones back inside, which is something we talked about over the course of the week. He had a good game. Frank Clark uh, got some pressure um, across from Matt Parrott on that side. Solder got beat on one. They got beat on a couple of stunts, too. So just, you know, uh, issues up front again. Uh, for the Giants. Very quickly, Lance, on the defense before we get to the calls here. We have three people on hold. I'm going to get to them at 201-939-4513. They did enough. I I really can't say too many bad things about the defense. I thought the secondary, again, played extremely well. I didn't think the pass rush gave you a ton. I know they got a couple of sacks in the game, but eh, I just didn't think they were very consistent. I thought Mahomes had time back there. But look, I think they showed it on Monday Night Football all night, Lewis Riddick was kind of, and, and Brian Greasy were pointing this out throughout the game, that the Giants were playing those two safeties deep. They were not under any circumstance going to get beat over the top. And they were going to make the Chiefs be very, very patient moving the ball. And the Chiefs ended up committing to the run for a couple of drives, and it worked for them. They dumped it off to Darrell Williams a bunch, and he was getting 8, 10 yards a pop on that. But the Giants did a good job of making them sustain long drives, prevent a big play. And then, you know, James Bradbury did a good job on, on Travis Kelsey when he was matched up with the one-on-one. You could tell Kelsey was out of the, he was out of the game mentally. He had that fumble late. Yeah. So just give the Giants defense credit. I thought they did a good job. Could they have done some things better? Sure. You don't like giving up that, you know, touchdown on the final Chiefs, the field goal, rather, on that final Chiefs drive. Yes, it was a phantom face mask penalty on Tay Crowder. It was a bad call, but it happened. Um, it was unfortunate. But I will say this, too, on the – you know, face mask, which is, again, bad call. It would have been third and one for the Chiefs at the 46-yard line. So the Chiefs, and you know the Chiefs, they're going for it there if they don't make it on third sure. and one. So they have two chances to get it. Uh, the 15 yards in the field position's rough. But, look, I, I, I can't take too many shots at the defense here. I thought they did a really nice job, and the offense just didn't hold their part of the bargain. Well, to me, the number that jumps out, if you look at the longest plays for the Chiefs in this game, Darrell Williams had the longest run. That was 12. Yeah. And then the longest pass play was McCole Hardman for 24 yards. And you had Tyreek Hill's longest play at 15. Demarcus Robinson had an 18-yard catch. You know, you'll live with that. For an offense that has a knack for explosive plays, they really limited the damage. And that's a big reason why the Chiefs only were able to put up 20 points. I thought there was a portion of the game where you had the Chiefs start to pound the football effectively because the Giants were playing two deep safeties. So, you know, they struggled to stop the run, but they were still able to keep the team in the game despite sections of the contest that didn't necessarily go according to plan. But the bottom line is when you have that close game and your offense is not complimenting you, 
all of a sudden, the mental mistakes are going to get magnified. And this is what's unfortunate about this game. What spoils the defensive performance is in addition to that Crowder penalty, and regardless of whether or not it was legitimate or not, it was called. You have to overcome it, period, end of discussion. But before that, you've got the O'Shane Zimenez, John, offside penalty, and Mahomes is picked off. Now, I know there's this big debate about did Mahomes see the flag, and that's why he threw the ball because he just wanted to take a chance. I don't know. I was going to try later to go back. Somebody told me that he was actually walking off in disgust. So that maybe leads him to believe that he didn't realize that the flag was thrown. The bottom line is you gave an opportunity for the Chiefs to have another shot. And here's the other thing. Second and 20, John, versus second and 15, for the team like Kansas City, which has been plagued by mental mistakes. It matters. And has, you know, that matters 100%. So I would have more of an issue with that than whether or not they had an opportunity in interception. You gave them five yards of field position to try to get them closer to a field goal opportunity. That's the bigger issue than the interception that was negated and canceled out. Yeah, good play by Darnay Holmes, too. It's a shame. And uh, that's something Logan Ryan and, and O'Shane both talked about in the post game. And, again, I haven't rewatched the the defensive tape yet, so I can't, I can't speak to whether or not Mahomes saw it. I didn't get the, the sense watching live that it was like one of those free play situations. Because to me, if it's a free play, I think Mahomes probably takes a deep shot, right? I'm with you, correct. Rather yeah. than throws an intermediate pass. So. Because he did that earlier in the game, if correct. you remember. He saw the flag and he just threw a bomb down the field. Correct. I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. All right, let's get to the phones at 201-939-4513. The Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself, get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. All right, I'm going to go to Brian in Atlanta first. He's up on BBK. What's going on, Brian? How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Doing great, Brian. What's right. up? Hey, so... Um you know, no, no one should feel sorry for you guys. Obviously, you've got a, you've got a great gig there, and um, but I but I I do. I feel, Brian, I, feel I have to guys. work with Lance Meadow. You should feel sorry for me. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, Brian, we're talking no, about Lance, sports entertainment yeah, exactly. at the end of the day. Correct. This is really yeah, no, not no, no, that of a heavy so, lifting. And, you know, no, no, I mean, let's no, put no, things no, in perspective. No, no, no. And Brian, if, yeah. if, 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 if you're gonna feel sorry for anybody, feel sorry for Paul Dottino. He he takes these yeah, hard. No, I, <laughs> well, I think I think the thing about Paul is like his mental acuity. He he just like, and I'm being serious now. Like he, it's just like one one sided view of the world. Like it's so subjective. Like he won't even like entertain. I did this with you last night, Lance. He won't even entertain like any suggestion of coach responsibility for all of these mental errors. But anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Paul's not here to defend himself. I'm not gonna go after him. Anyway, I just wanted to say you guys. Do well, that's why you should keep me in your thoughts and prayers. That I do appreciate. Yes. From that standpoint, yes. yes. So, John, John, before I before I dive in, Papa's perspective, awesome show. Do you enjoy it? That, all right, that's that, good. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Keep that keep that going. That's real. I'm I'm excited to hear the Raider one this week. Nice. So, yep. Let me make a couple points, and then I'll I'll hang up and let you guys. Uh, do your thing, but we, we've all made like big purchases in our lives, you know, big hires, whatever it is, whatever we do personally, professionally, we, we make big decisions and, you know, invariably you look back, you know, two, three, four, ten years later and you ask yourself, now if I could do it again, would I do it again, right? And so, so you're John Mara today and maybe he's listening, he probably isn't, but he's sitting in his office today, right? And 
you know, we generally know like what what his answer is to himself when he asks himself that question regarding uh, Gettleman. No need to go there, right? Unfortunately, like you know, we're twenty four games into Joe Judge's tenure, and and the problem is like we're we're not able to answer that question positively, or at least I I, I have to assume Mr. Mara isn't, and that and that's really concerning, right? Especially on the heels of the McAdoo and Shermer hires. Now, you know, say what you want about Judge and, you know, his in-game management and all that and, you know, the mental issues that the team continues to deal with. But, you know, let, let, let's deal with reality for a second, right, guys? I mean, Judge won the, the introductory press conference, no doubt about it, particularly, again, on the heels of the two guys he, he followed. But if you take the words out of it, Right. If you if you take the the message about discipline and uh, preparedness down to the individual detail, we don't have a lot to show for anything. Right. But it's really a lot of magic at the podium, but but nothing else. And that's just my opinion. Well, I mean, look, uh, I mean, the, Brian, the, Brian, look, the, 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 look, the bottom line is that this is a record based business. Right. And obviously, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, they were uh, what? Six and ten last year, six and right? Ten last and then, year. then yeah. now they're what three? They're two and six. Two correct? and six, correct? They're, okay, so they're yep. um, eight and sixteen. That obviously, it is not the record you want. Um, I still, I look, and 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 maybe I'm, you know, and, and you can argue with me if you want. I still think Joe Judge is is a good coach, and he's going to become a better coach. I, I think what happens the second half of this year is once you start getting some of these guys back on offense, Brian, is going to be really important in how you evaluate everything. Because as much as I talked about the offense here and all, you know, they didn't do enough in this game, you still have to remember right now, just for this game against the Chiefs, and, and this is reality, this is not excuses, this is reality, they're missing three of their five starting offensive linemen that should have been that they were playing to be their starters to begin the year. They're missing their number one wide receiver, number two wide receiver, their first round draft pick wide receiver. So that's I'm up to six guys. And then I didn't even mention Saquon Barkley yet. That's seven. So that's seven of theoretically your top eleven or twelve players on your offense that did not play in this game. So I have trouble making large over and it's not like these guys just started missing games. They've been out for much of the year. So I have trouble making overarching judgments when you have that many injuries. She's like, you know, people, for example, are starting to take shots at, like, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, right? Do you want to look at the list of the injuries the 49ers have had the last couple of years? You go, you know, good luck go to try to win with your second stringers um, uh, against a bunch of other, other NFL teams starting their starters. It's really, it's not easy. Well, and he's lost his quarterback. Yeah, so, of course. So, you know, the Giants at least have had Daniel Jones more often than not in the lineup. But when you lose your quarterback, yeah, that's uh, no easy task. So, so I have a hard time believing that Judge is not the guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's really hard for me to envision changing coaches, you know, this offseason or next. I just can't, I can't envision that. I, I agree so, with hopefully you. That's, yeah, hopefully that's a good – We'll make other changes, and no one can dispute that. That that's long overdue. But that, the coach, I mean, try, I want the guy to be successful. Um, you know, when when we're talking about injuries, I mean, let's not forget. You know, Drew Brees walked away, and the Saints didn't skip a beat, right? Sure. So let, let's, well, and the and, Packers and lost yeah, Devontae I mean, Adams and Alan Lazard I mean, too hold on, on Thursday a night. I, 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 I think to say that I, I, I think to say injuries. the Saints. I, no, I know, but I think to say the Saints haven't skipped a beat. I mean, their offense has not been good this year. 
They've been winning right. on. They have a good. Well, they, they, yeah. they have a good. They have a good. They have a good general manager roaming the sideline. Well, no, they have. Right? They have. They have a very good defense. Correct. They have a very good defense. Yeah. And Sean so has made adjustments. Play, yeah. Yeah, on the Slayton play. Um, you know, I, I I totally forgive Jones on that. I know John, you're kind of hedging a little bit. That's totally fine. I I feel like you know that that was a clear connection. My concern is I have no confidence that Slayton catches that ball, right? So I, I, I don't want to overlook that. Let, let, I just want to close on Jones, okay? So I, I've got a, an older brother who's a Cowboy fan, and we're texting during the game last night, and he's, he's like he's the prototypical like national perspective. In other words, he's like, oh, the Giants should run the ball more with Jones. He, he runs it better than he throws it. And, and I feel like because Jones had a rough, from a turnover standpoint, first year and a half, it's like no one really pays attention to the games when it comes to him. It's like, oh, he made a mistake, boom, bad player, bad game, can't forgive There's him. There's another now, granted, turnover. Granted, All he does is turn it over, blah, 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 exactly. 100%. Yep, now, yep, I, yep. Will say, I, I, I will say that, 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 that interception on the second play from scrimmage, that was probably, if you break down his season, that was probably, his, in my opinion, his worst play of the year. Okay, so great. Yeah, the I agree with that. Uh, the, there was a Rams interception. Yeah. I would argue that Hell was that. also rough. But, yeah. yeah, it's like he's got he's got to work on the eye game, all that stuff. But but on the Jones, on the Jones front, I, I remember the draft analysis that you guys were doing the year leading up to that to that draft. And John, I remember your commentary specifically. You said something akin to nice player, nothing spectacular, you know, sort of sort of very average. And I'm not trying to put words in your No, mind. no, Brian, Brian, I'll be honest. Here, here's, here's what I said about Jones. I said, I think he's mm-hmm. actually a very safe pick. I feel good that he's going to be a starting quality NFL quarterback, but I wasn't sure that he had the traits to be an elite NFL quarterback. And I will just say this, since I got to see him in person and he got here, his traits – were actually a lot better than I thought they were when I did when I went through the scouting process. And believe it or not, I've actually had conversations with both Chris and Phil Sims about it, and both of them have also said that look, this guy's got every tool in the book because neither of them were huge fans of him coming out either. Like, yo, we were wrong. This kid can do it. He has the tools. So I will readily admit that I underestimated the strength of his tools when the draft happened. To be honest with you. Yeah, that's great. No, I think he's a, I think he's got a ton of talent, and unfortunately, we're in a position now where we've got you know nine games left, and it's like a referendum on Jones. Last, last, last point: Do you get the sense sometimes when you watch him? Now I know he's had more success on the road, you know, the Tampa game, New Orleans, but do you, is it just me or do you feel like sometimes, it, like he's moving his feet and his mind too fast when the crowd is on top of him, and forget the pressure for a second? But do you get you get that feeling, or is it just me? Like he's, he's almost like rushing the thought process, the throw, the footwork. He looks like Sam Darnold sometimes with his footwork. What's your perspective on that, guys? And I'll and I'll I'll cut loose. Thanks Thank for you, Brian. taking my call. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you. I mean, it's hard for me to get inside a guy's head, Lance, and figure out like what what's going on on the inside. I mean, I don't think he played very well at the very start of that Cowboys game before the injury. He was kind of all over the place in that game, so. I have trouble trying to psychologically figure out why a guy maybe is, is having some struggles. I'm not sure about that. You look at the throw to John Ross. He had plenty of time in the pocket. I mean, the ball was slightly underthrown, and thankfully Daniel Sorensen was grabbing onto John Ross for 
all of his uh, life, it seemed as if John Ross was holding him in his hands. Ross so also caught be... it, by the way. Heck no, correct. Ross caught it. But what I'm saying is even if Ross didn't catch it, it was clearly going to be yes. a, a first down spot right at the uh, point of the offense. But I think that, you know, we've seen when Daniel Jones, like any solid quarterback, has time, he could throw a beautiful deep ball and he looks like a polished guy. I think like any other quarterback, when the pressure's coming at you, you have to find that walk that fine line, I should say, where you know it's smart to just live to see another down or try to press the envelope. And we're even seeing Patrick Mahomes struggle in that department this season, I think, to a certain degree, where he's walking that fine line of preaching patience versus being ultra-aggressive. So, you know, Daniel Jones, to me, falls under the same label and umbrella as a lot of these other quarterbacks that are dealing with. It's just the difference between Jones and some of these other guys is Jones doesn't necessarily have the proven track record of doing it in those pressure situations consistently. So that's why I understand the jury is still out. But I don't think... It's a matter of him being uncomfortable when he's on the road, John. I wouldn't go so yeah, far. I, I don't think the crowd is getting to him. I don't think it has to do with that aspect of the environment. I think it has to do with on the field. And when there's breakdowns, you know, does he feel like he's got to do too much? Or does he just feel, hey, let me just take the smart play, dump it down, or throw it away? I still think he's experimenting within that department. Let's go to Sal and Valley Stream. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Line 3. Sal, what's going on? Hey, guys, thank you for taking my call. What's going on? What up, Sal? Hi. Okay, I got something on Daniel Jones. And, um, you know, I know he threw the ball great last night against the Chiefs. You know, that that interception by the Giants made me really good. You know, but unfortunately, in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs absolutely took the lead. I was really shocked. Listen, I didn't stay up for the whole game. I, I went to bed around 9.30 and... You know, I think it was a really bad game for the Giants. Listen, I think Joe Judge is probably going to get fired at the end of this year. I don't know if he is, but, you know, it's up to Mara if he wants to fire him. I don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Jones if the Giants are going to be good as they were like five years ago when they were last under 500. What do you guys think this they're going to do on Sunday against the Raiders? Do you think they're going to get a win against the Raiders? I know the Raiders are very good. What do you think the next step is for this Giants team? Ah, uh, look, I I think that's a I think that's a pretty big 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 picture question, Sal. And thanks a lot for the call. I mean, look, the I haven't done any work on Oakland yet. I've Oakland, I keep Las going Vegas, on Oakland, yes. Las Vegas. <laughs> um, so uh, look, I, I've watched them a couple times on national TV. Obviously, uh, they're a really good offense, Lance. I think Derek Carr right now is playing like a top five quarterback in the league. I think he's been that good. Frankly, he's had a much better year than Mahomes has, and it's really not close to be quite honest with you. Uh, he's been terrific. They have a lot of weapons on offense. They don't run the ball a lot, so I think it's going to be a big passing game for, for the Raiders. And they have an elite pass rusher in Max Crosby, who, much like Paul DeTino, likes to pat himself on the back with his you know draft predictions. I loved him coming out of that draft. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a tough game. Raiders are really good. I know it's a home game for the Giants. That helps. But uh, the Raiders are really good. They're, they're a good football team this year, man. They also have, uh, remember, Yannick Ngakwe, who oh, they yeah, brought in via free agency. And I'm not saying he's necessarily an elite guy, but I think oh, he's good. fit in nicely with Max Crosby. They've got a nice one-two punch. Remember, the Raiders were just horrendous in terms of their pass rush a season ago, so they dramatically improved in that department. Similar to the Chiefs, this team's got a lot of speed, which is what you were alluding to, John, around Derek Carr. You know, you got guys that can really take the top off of the ball. Ruggs. Whether, you know, correct, and even Brian Edwards, who's had some ups and downs, yep. but Ruggs is the guy that tops the list. Darren Waller, I mean, he may be more of a headache than 
than Travis Kelsey oh, yeah. because of his size. Yeah. And remember, this team, John, is also coming off the bye. And Waller missed the game right before the bye. So I'm sure they took the time to get him well-rested. And the other thing is, Derek Carr, over the last few years, I would argue, John, he's been one of the top completion percentage leaders in the NFL. So, you know, this guy is making very good decisions. He doesn't try to press the envelope. They're a very solid offense. It's going to be another test for this Giants defense. Can they now put together three straight solid performances? But listen, we could talk all we want about the opposition. It's still going to come down to, John, what the Giants do on the offensive side of the ball and how consistently they manufacture points. If the Giants hypothetically hold the Raiders to 20 points, John, okay? Right now, have the Giants shown enough on offense that you know for a fact they're going to score 21? Because I don't know. I think it's rolling the dice right now. So I'm still waiting for this offense to finish drives and really break out of their cocoon. And, you know, let's see some butterflies, okay, <laughs> as opposed to the caterpillar. When's that going to come about, John? That, to me, is the million-dollar question. Yeah, I know. Dude, it's, it's, it's very tough. And it's not going to be an easy game. All right, uh, let's go to Rick and Tampa on line one. Rick, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, how you doing? You know, uh, he, he, he guy wants to look ahead already to the Raiders game. You know, uh, there is so much upsetting about this game, and, I, and, and I'm not going to kill the defense. Right, the defense played a heck of a game. Um, but I'm going to kill the coaches. Uh, Judge, again, whose look, his press conference, are be, are, I mean, are becoming almost comical to hear him talk and uh, Jason Garrett's game plan because the coming out of deferring on the, on, on the coin flip, they, they get the ball. The, the last two minute drive at the half was pathetic and then come out and do and three and out on the opening drive. Pathetic. Well, remember they the had penalty. three penalties on that last drive I in know, the first there half. You go. There's the yeah. penalties again. We're saying this every week. Every week, the special team penalties, offsides, the, pers- the, the personal foul on that punt that they had. This is Joe's judge. Oh, I mean, it's so upsetting. And unfortunately, guys, my plumber is here because we had a problem with my house. He just pulled in the driveway as I was calling off the call later in the week. But I'm Wait, just, so does that mean that the so washing upset. machine's not working? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that, remember that? Memory no, yeah, well done. Well, actually, I'm like an elephant. Work. I don't forget, so... Yeah, what water underneath my uh, uh, tie um, on my hardwood floor in the bedroom on our remodeled bathroom? So we're really upset about that. Uh, plus, I'm upset about the the Giants as well. So I'm yeah, gonna, it I sounds have to like go, it. but I'll call later in the week. But that's the point is, it's it's not getting better. He could say all he wants from the podium. We have to work on it. We have to work on it. The penalties, the personal fouls, every single week. So. Thank you, Rick. I, I'm very concerned about that, man. I'll talk to I appreciate you, man. Hope the plumber takes care of business. Yes, good yeah. luck. Yes. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let yes, you know. we definitely are going to be <laughs> yes, sitting at the edge of our seats for an update sometime I, later. I, I could also talk about I could do I talk about my, my, my leaky radiators and why I have two holes in my ceilings right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you and Rick could have an entire oh post-game gosh. show after this. How about that? Brutal. You guys could share your problems. Uh, yeah, no fun. Uh, you know, but look. What do you want Joe Judge to say at the press conference? <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to go back and we're going to try to fix it. What else is he supposed to say? I, I, let me just say this. And I believe I've said this before, Lance. You can correct me if I'm wrong. If fans are waiting for Joe Judge to come out in these press conferences and call out his players by name and rip them publicly, it's not going to happen. He has literally said two questions. I do not think it's a good thing for the football team for me to publicly criticize my players. 
I'm not going to do that. Yep. So if that's what fans are waiting for, and that's the only thing that's going to make them happy, I'm just warning you, you're going to be disappointed. Because Joe Judge has been very clear that's not something he's going to do. And let me add something to that. I have talked to players on our podcast and asked them this question. This is not me pulling some up. Anonymous sources tell me, go back and listen. And I asked them on the pod, on, on the Giants Huddle podcast, go check it out. Guys, what are these film sessions like with Joe Judge? And they kind of get like this look on their face and their eyes get really wide and they're like, they're really honest. <laughs> and do you know what that is code for? He he's rips, maybe not rips them, but he points out every single mistake these guys make in these film sessions in front of the team, okay? Yep. And everyone knows what guys did wrong. He holds guys accountable that way. And I know people say, well, it's the coach's fault that the guys don't have, that that these guys are getting these personal foul penalties. Well, yes, I, I guess. And, you know, in the end, I guess the head coach is responsible for everything. But the message Joe Judge is sending to his players, the exact same message he sent to him last year, right, Lance, when he was a first-year head coach. The Giants had very few of these penalties in the first year. So what's changed? Obviously, they're still stressing it. It's the same program. It's the same culture. You're still going about your business the same way. So why are they popping up this year when they didn't pop up last year? I'm kind of asking that rhetorically because I don't really have a good answer. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know what the answer to that question is. Maybe you do. Uh, it's just kind of those things that happen sometimes. And I think it's heat of the moment stuff. And I went back and I watched that um, Eli Penny uh, personal foul penalty or uh, unsportsmanlike conduct yeah, penalty, taunting. excuse me. Mm-hmm. And the ref doesn't blow the whistle and throw the flag when he flips the ball. The ref doesn't blow the whistle and throw a flag when he signals for the first down. Do you know when he throws the flag? He throws it when he walks up to the Chiefs player and yells in his face. Do you think Joe Judge is telling his players to go yell in the opponent's face after a play? Of course not. So that's just a player making a boneheaded decision in the heat of a moment. Now, I don't know how you fix that. Ultimately, is it the job of the coaching staff to get that stuff fixed and cleaned up? Yes. And that's what he says in the press conference. I don't know what else he's supposed to say here, Lance. I really don't. Do you? No. Well, I'm with you there. And I think that sometimes we overanalyze postgame pressers to begin with because guys right now are all full of emotions because they just went through four battle-tested quarters. So, you know, sometimes I think cooler heads prevail on a Monday or a Tuesday after when they've broken down the film and you get a little bit more perspective. If you think that Joe Judge and his coaching staff didn't emphasize to the players, because I think all coaches have done this at the beginning of the season, John, when they made that rule. And personally, and this is just my personal opinion, I do not like this new taunting rule. It reminds me of when we started to put under the umbrella the whole pass interference call for instant replay. I thought it was a terrible experiment. I'm glad they got away with it for one year and then they removed it. Maybe we'll come to our senses after this season and realize it does more bad than good in terms of field position. That's my personal opinion. That aside, though, if you don't think that the coaching staffs, when they get these materials from the league, John, they don't emphasize, okay, hey, this is what the officials are looking for this year. And then you bring examples up from other teams and how it came back to bite them. Hey, this is what this guy did after he got a first down and he rubbed it in the player's face. I never want to see you do this. Now, you can emphasize it, John, all you want. You could preach it all you want. It's still the onus is still on the player. And I'm not excusing Eli Penny, 
But anyone who's played sport, anyone who's been involved in a stressful situation, sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment and you get a big first down, I get, I understand the impact emotion has on an individual. And sometimes the brain doesn't necessarily function as it should be. So I could understand where Penny's getting a little out of character because he's all worked up that he had a big run, a big play, and he's putting his team in great field position. But once again, that to me is something that you would hope in that moment you'd think back to, hey, Judge had a conversation with us last Wednesday, and he showed this happened in the Panthers-Packers game, and you got to be smarter. But it's still on the players. I really am not going to fault the coach because a player did not have the well-being of mind to keep his emotions in check under those circumstances. And I'm remember, sorry. I'm just not going to put that on the coach. You could still celebrate. No one's telling you not to celebrate. Get pumped up. Just don't sure. do it in the other guy's face. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's where you cross the line. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and I don't think that's asking too much. Anyway, 201-939-4513. Let's go to Len in Columbia, Maryland. I know he can't be happy today. Len, what's going on? Hey, guys. How you doing? Eh, could be better, Len. What's All going right. on? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got that same feeling, John. Um, you know, let, let, let's use a get-out-of-jail card for Eli Penny here. It was the longest gain of his career. <laughs> Still, I, I, yeah. I know what you're saying, Len. It was I uncharted know, territory for him. But again, the celebration was fine, Len. Just don't yell in the face of the yeah. guy who, by the way, wasn't even yeah. involved in the play. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to understand. You got to understand the emotion of the moment. I well, sometimes, sometimes yeah. it's important in all walks of life <laughs> to control right, look, oneself. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Look, this this is, this is not a. Um, you know, I'm selling my seat license. Telephone call. This isn't. I'm not going on Sunday. I'm going to sell my six tickets to Raiders fans call. As, as Lance referred to it, you know, it's just entertainment value. And I can't think any place I'd rather be next Sunday at 1 o'clock than at MetLife watching the Giants play the Raiders. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be there as usual. But I, get, I got a little different feeling today, and I kind of surprised myself. Um, you guys, let me, let me lay out a compliment, first of all. Over the years, and... Uh, you know, especially this year and, and today, you, you guys do, all four of you, and Howard too, five of you, do, do, a, do a great job of breaking down what happens uh, during the game, you know, what happened, why it happened. It's, it's fair, it's, it's balanced, it's, it's, it's accurate. Thank you. But, Appreciate that. Here comes but, the butt. <laughs> but, yeah, here comes the butt. You know, and, and it's not about you guys. What I felt today, you know, the losses are piling up. It's not just the one loss last night. It's not just this season. We're two and six again, four years in a row. Actually, two and six is good. We've been one and seven in the last four years, twice. So two and six is pretty good. So we're, you know, we're two and six. So you can go back four years. You can go back ten years. I mean, you laid out the records. Uh, you know, Daniel is a quarterback. Uh, Judge as a coach, uh, you know, you, you, you ran the numbers. But, you know, it's, get, it's, it's, it's getting to the point where I don't, I don't care anymore. I, I, I don't care about the reasons. Fix it. Fix it. No, I get it. it, it it's get really it. been, it, it's, just, it's just been too long. Fix it. And, and you know, my, one question I'm tempted to ask is, um, and it's a serious question. Is there any? You think there's anybody in the building who can fix it, John? Lance, well, you think here's there's the anybody? Thing. If you said to if you said to leadership in the building today, ownership, 
front office of the football operations, work your way down to the head coach. If you, if you just ask them a simple question, what's the plan to get out of this? You think somebody, you think they got an idea? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone has an idea of, of what's supposed to happen here, Lennon. And look, the, the, the brutal thing here this year, and again, I'm, I'm not pulling, you know, the deal where, oh, well, they, if they just won all their close games, they'd be five and three. You know, no, that's, yeah. that, that, that's silly. No, no, no. That's, and that's, and yeah, it's right. not fair. And it's not right. fair. It's a hypothetical. Right. Correct. Yeah. But I, I will say this, for example, like, if, if they weren't so decimated with injuries on the offensive side of the ball. I mentioned eight out of your top, like, 12, seven out of your top 12 guys. They're, they, they probably have a couple more wins, okay? They probably have a couple more wins. So when you say, how do we fix this? Are you talking, like, the rest of the year? Are you talking about being good in three years? Are you talking about being good next year? I think fix is a very broad question, and that's why we like to talk in specifics because I feel like – when it comes down to it, the bigger problem is really a bunch of smaller problems put together. And until you solve those smaller problems, the bigger problem's never going to resolve itself. Lance, you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of issues that are adding up, which is essentially what you're saying, John. I mean, there's a reason why we're having similar conversations after a variety of these games. We're constantly talking about penalties. I think that has been a prevalent issue. We're talking about the inability to convert in the red zone. That's been another common theme. We're talking about injuries. But I will say this. I don't like to use injuries. I get your point, John. There's no doubt about it. The volume of injuries has piled up. But I think – And, Lance, by the way, if it was just one or two guys or maybe two guys on each side of the ball, the fact that it's like more than half of your starters on one side of the ball, it's very hard to overcome that. It sure, and is. it is. And, and um, there's no doubt about that. But I guess what I'm looking at it – and once again, as somebody that covers the league, I try to remain big-picture perspective and not just look at it through a Giants lens. I do see other teams that deal with injuries. Maybe not to the same degree, John, that the Giants have. Definitely not to the same degree. But I see, for example – and one of the earlier callers brought up the Saints, and I watched that Saints-Bucks game pretty much from start to finish, and you lose Jameis early in the game, and I'm saying to myself, boy, I mean, Trevor Simeon hasn't played in a while, doesn't have a great track record, and it just seemed like Sean and his coaching staff did a really effective job scheming accordingly. They have a really good defense, though, okay, that has to be emphasized, but they found a way. I saw Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, and, you know, lost a bunch of guys on defense Thursday night going to Arizona. So I'm seeing other examples where they could easily get out the boxes of tissues and say, oh, you know, we don't have this guy, we don't have that guy. And it may not be the same degree as the Giants, John. So your point is well taken. But I guess what I'm seeing is I'm seeing teams rise to the occasion, overcome. And that, to me, is maybe the missing link right now with the Giants that they can't seem to find a way to overcome. And that's why we always go back to the injury conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, you're asking what, what am I, what am I, what am I looking for? Uh, you, you know, we're, we're going to get two or three more wins, and so we're five and twelve this year. Well, I mean, when do we move toward meaningful? You know, we talk about this all the time. December now it's January football, where for two, three years in a row, we're we're in the hunt for a playoff position. I, I mean, it's 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 not much to ask for. And it doesn't I seem it. like year after year after year we can't get to that. I mean, you think once in a while we would just get lucky. 
<laughs> well, maybe we did. Maybe we did in 2016. Maybe we did. Well, well, Lane, you know what? I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm, I'm glad you brought yeah. up 2016 because what's interesting about 2016, they've played three games this season decided by three points or less. They've lost all of those games. And those three games in particular, I tweeted about this earlier, were their highest penalized games. But if you go back to 2016, I don't have the numbers in front of me. They played even more games decided within a touchdown or a field goal. And they won almost they all were of them. Winning current yep. bingo, John, and that's sometimes that's the difference between making the playoffs and missing. Your point is that they were finishing games that year. They're not doing that at least. In and those history. are those every small little thing, whether it's Lance and your penalties, well, whether it's me and the execution. Those are the things that turn a three-point loss into a two-point win, or you know whatever, and give you three well, to you four know, extra we, wins. Yeah, yeah. But what, what what we keep doing, guys, and you guys are doing it, and you're not really guilty of it. But this is how it plays out. We keep looking for get a you know get out of jail cards to play. Oh, no. Explanations for it. I mean, look look at look oh, no, at Len, coach's ex- presser. No, but, look look at coach's presser yesterday, John. No, but Len, there had there have to be explanations. I mean, that's the whole point. You have to figure out what the problem is and explain the problem before you can figure out the solution, right? Yeah, Len, there's no magic wand that's just going to fix something overnight. I mean, let's be practical here. Well, how, but how long have, how long have we been saying that? Oh Lynch? no, no, Len, no, 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 Len, Len, you're you're right. We we're not telling you that you're not being right. patient enough. Because yeah. you're being plenty right. patient, we're we're right. not we're not saying that. Yeah. All right, and let me let me go quick. Well. I know yeah. you got other calls. Yeah, go ahead, so go ahead. Let yep, me yep. go real. Yep, look yep. look at look at coaches look look at coaches presser yesterday. Two two get out of jail plays. Somebody asked him about the timeouts. Headsets. He said it was okay. headsets, headsets on a he said on a headsets. couple of them, and headsets. other ones he said yeah. that he and he, he and he said he did not like the looks on a couple of others. Correct. Right. They needed me, to get me, the defense me, off the field because they didn't have the come right on, call. Come on, head such. And, and it's week after week. It's home and it's away. Oh, come on, come on, come on, Joe. All right, now next next one. Um, somebody asked him. Well, no, he he volunteered this as part of one of his long, long, long answers. Uh, he, sometimes he sounds like a college professor killing time at the end of a lecture. And he just goes on with the, with the answer to the question. He just goes on and on and on until until the bell rings. Sounds like but a Lenny Columbia Maryland. He brought call. it up on his own. He brought this up on his own. The punting. Yeah, there you go. There I'm you just go. joking. Like, you, you know that. I love you. <laughs> uh, the the um, uh, you know he brought it up on his own. The punter. All right. So, sometimes sometimes we tell the punter to make a bad kick. No, he's well, he referred to it kick. as ugly punting. Is what he referred to it as. Yeah. Ugly punting. Yep. We asked the punter to punt ugly. No, but, 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 but then he did say that last punt was a legitimate poor punt. Yeah, uh, okay. He finally go. All right. He finally owned it up. Uh, Riley, you know, I mean, I mean, come on. What, how far are you going to go? How far are you going to stretch it in, in, in terms of, you know, we, we, we keep looking for these excuses and we keep piling up the losses. Hey, listen, um, Lance, I'm going to come see you on Sunday, okay? On okay, the we'll show. be there. We'll okay. be there, Lance. I don't, because the last time now, I think Lance canceled it the last time. I, didn't I, cancel. I had nothing to do with that, Lance, I can assure <laughs> no, you. No, I was I, ready to go. All right. All there were right. some other everybody... issues. We won't throw anyone under the bus. Yes. You, oh, there you go. There you... <laughs> you know there you what? Go. In hey, fairness, Len, Len, in fairness, Len, oh, I want you, you to know, and, and John can back me up on this. When John tells me we couldn't go down on the stage, one of the first things I said was, 
I hope Len's not disappointed. Yeah, he did say it. Because Len said on our show that he was going to come down to the stage, and I said, well, Len's going to get some bad news when he shows up to an empty stage at Midnight Stadium. He he did say that. It was on my mind, Len. Trust me. I just want you to know that. As someone that will take every opportunity to throw Lance under the bus and to slander him in any way I can, Lance had nothing to do with us not being at that stage. There you go. So at least it's clear on the record. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But look, I mean, we haven't talked about the headset thing. I know that's like a thing on talk radio today. I mean, do you think Joe Judge is making it up? Does he really seem like the type of guy that's going to lie about something to not take responsibility for it? I mean, I don't see that. Look, I don't believe it, Lance. I'll be honest. I think that's horse manure. I, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I just don't think that's it his character to do, and I will fight anybody on that. I just don't feel like that's something that he would do. Period. Well, and also, I don't think it was one of those hesitations in terms of giving that description. He pretty much, if you look back at the answer, I mean, he gave the answer immediately. Hey, it was a headset problem. Normally, if you think somebody's making it up, either they spent way too much time thinking about that in the weeks prior, you know, or they're just a heck of a storyteller on the spot. So, yes, I think there is substance behind that. It's troubling that it's a consistent issue that it hasn't been fixed. I mean, I think everybody would agree from that standpoint. Joe Judge even emphasized Oh, he's, that. he's not happy about yeah, it. Yeah, you could tell where he says it better be fixed quickly, I think was his paraphrase of Multiple times he said yes, that, actually. at the yes. tail end. But one thing that I did want to add, and I actually thought Len was going to go here, and we didn't bring this up. I've heard a lot of people question the use of the timeouts at the tail end of the game, John. I don't it know was, if you've heard it. it, it was conversations it was okay well no no. this is what I want to add to it why isn't anyone talking about I brought this up on the postgame show what did the Giants do on their ensuing offensive possession John (laughs) did they pick up a first down did they actually move the chains once did they even taste or scratch the surface of midfield because if you want to get on play calling and timeout usage then you need to show me that you actually put yourself in a position to win the game and the last time I checked Daniel Jones was sacked twice they went four and out they didn't even move the needle of a chain so I really don't want to hear anything about the use of timeouts because they didn't come close to tying the game in field goal and whether or not it's a moot point yeah whether or not they use that timeout before the two-minute warning or after the two-minute warning really was immaterial uh only because Lance they still stopped the clock after a play that ended in the field of play. So if anything, they actually saved two or three more seconds by using it after the two-minute warning because I think the two-minute warning hit with about three seconds on the play clock, if I'm not mistaken, right before the two-minute warning. So instead of losing 40 seconds off the play clock, they only lost 37 seconds off the play clock, but you actually saved the full 40 by calling the timeout after the two-minute warning. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So, and then whatever, once again, even with the time, no matter what it was, the bottom line is it's similar to my perspective on takeaways. Takeaways, time, it's all great, right? But what do you do with it, John? That's the name of the game. Yeah, and then the Chiefs, too, you can also get clever then. If they're running a play right before the two-minute warning, uh, you can pass it then, too, you know, because if the clock's going to stop anyway, you know how that works, where you don't have to run it to keep the clock moving because you know the clock's stopping anyway at the two-minute warning, and that can actually sometimes give that team a green light where you can throw the ball because the clock's going to stop anyway. So that's something else I think Joe Judge kind of referenced that in the post game when he was asked about that, so I think that's part of the equation too. All right, we got two more calls. I know it's almost 1.30, but I, we will get to both of you guys. Let's go to uh, Pete and Stan Allen. He's been next, and then Charlie, you'll be our final caller. Pete, what's up? Hey, guys, how are you? What's up? Good right, Pete. Uh, okay, Lance, uh, real quick, would you agree with me that, uh, you know, as far as the, you know, uh, uh, having the timeouts in your pocket, 
wouldn't that affect your uh, offensive play calls? Would you agree with me or not? Yeah, but they didn't have any timeouts in their pocket, though. And if they, they had and, the oh. timeouts in their pocket during the game, drive, the clock management. Well, not only this game. Not only this game. If you have the ample amount of timeouts in your pocket where you don't have to use them for stupid headsets or, oh, or whatever yes, it is, where you could use where you could use hand signals, and you can use hand signals, can you not? Well, Everybody Joe Judge referenced that signals. that they could work that out maybe with hand signals if it comes up in the future. He did reference that. No, Pete, you're right about that. No argument. You're right. That's fair. All right. You know, I mean, Jesus. All right. And the other thing is, you know, where where I have a little bit of a problem with Judge, and I do uh, with. You know, he's supposedly Mr. Discipline. Well, he's got to discipline himself with the, with the timeouts. There's no question about it. No question. Because this is going on t- way too long. Well, well Pete, well, Pete, and- just Pete, 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 just real quick, headsets aside, would you rather have him, and, and, and this is an honest question, if Patrick Graham tells him, oh, no, I don't like the way our defense is set up against this offensive formation, I think we're going to allow a big play here, would you rather have him call the timeout or not call the timeout there? Well, I'd rather have him not, but but, but it, as long as it uh, takes Patrick Graham to tell him that, we've we've used it already. No, 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 Pete, I hear you, but my point, though, is that I think I would rather use the timeout than give up a big play. You know what I mean? No, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I can't disagree with that. And my other thing here, you know, as far as, like, discipline, he talks about discipline. It's all we've heard for two years. We're, we're going to be a team that doesn't beat itself. I, I mean, I'll never forget him saying that. And most coaches You're say right. that, right? You're right. You know, right. and the fact of the matter is we do beat ourselves, and we beat ourselves a lot. This year okay? they have. And, You're right. And, and as far as the discipline goes with players, hey, Billy Martin took Reggie Jackson out of a game. If you got to take players out of a game to prove a point without yelling and screaming at them on the sidelines or beating them up in the press, take them out. Take the problem, out of the game Pete, the problem is that if you look at the penalties, and I tally every single one of them up, do you know it's really spread across the board this season? You can't tell me that there's one guy in particular that's killing the team. You can't. The most no, penalties no. is Hernandez and Solder have four each. So what are you going to do? You're going to take two of your starting offensive linemen out of the game? Who are you putting in to replace those two? Well, I agree with you there, but it doesn't matter because we're losing anyway. But I agree with you there. Okay. Yeah, but, but you're at least you, in a game, though. To, <laughs> I mean, if, if you, you take have, those two hey, guys listen, out, maybe it's not as close as last night. If, if you have to prove a point, and, uh, right, to your entire team, right, guess what? You take the star of your team out. If they make a mistake, like, you know, a costly, costly mistake at a critical time in a game, pull them out of the line. Well, Pete, Just I, pull I would, them out. Okay, Pete, uh, thank you for the call. Good call. Fair play. All points. right, have a good no, one, you guys. too, buddy. And, and, I, and I think there's difference in the penalties too, right, Lance? I think if an offensive lineman, you know, has a poor technique or just gets beat and he commits an offensive holding penalty because he doesn't want Daniel Jones to get annihilated by some 270-pound edge rusher, okay, it's a physical mistake, but it happens. That's, I think, a little bit of a different category uh, than an unsportsmanlike or sure. like an undisciplined personal foul. Like the Eli Penny penalty. Yeah I, yeah, I I, I think there are different classes of penalties here when you, you know, when you talk about it. Sure, but one I, one I throw out here is, and once again, I don't know the dynamics between Joe Judge and some of the player relationships, but I think it's fair to say, John, and I know I'm generalizing, if anyone knows the personalities of the guys on the team, I think it's Joe Judge yep. and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And you know, some guys, and I'm not accusing any particular player on the roster of this, but some guys, when you take them out of the game, 
you actually mentally hurt them. Yeah, you where can. Some, some of these guys, they can't recover from something like that. So maybe why Judge is not doing that to certain players is he knows it's going to bring more bad than good if he uses that player to make an example. I don't think you're wrong. All right, let's wrap this up. I'm the Charlie in Portland, Maine is up next. Hello, Charlie. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, Lance, I hope you feel the same way about me when I, when I come to the stage. Well, you haven't publicly said that you were coming to the stage, so there's no point in me addressing it. Len did. So I don't deal in <laughs> <I> hypotheticals. <know. laughs> he does uh, not. That's true. <laughs> hey, look, uh, um, just one thing quick about Penny. I can understand. Look, this guy gets, what, three snaps a game? So he finally gets out there, makes a play. He knows he's not going to be back in there probably for two quarters. So he's happy, and he and he's excited, and he's like – you know, it's kind of like, I'm not going to be back in for another two and a half quarters. So, you know, he's all pumped up. Well, Charlie, that's great. Celebrate. First down. Flip the football. He didn't get flagged so for I'm... any of that. He got flagged for going into the face for a defensive for. player and yelling at him. That you don't have what? to do. I know. But what I'm saying is he doesn't play enough. So when he's out there, he's like, you know, he just he should be playing more. For Charlie, one thing. Charlie, he's you know? a big boy. He's almost a thirty-year-old man. Know. Okay, come on. I know, I know. But even like when they ran Daniel Jones on that third or fourth and one, whatever it was, third and one, they yeah. should have ran Penny. Third one, they should have ran Penny, not freaking Jones. Jones I mean, should have pitched the ball. Is what he should have done on that. He, yeah, he well, exactly, him. exactly. And um, John, you were saying about you know we got all these people gone on the offense. Offense. They're all our star players. Look, Gates wasn't a star player. Lemieux I said starters. I said starters. Starters. Okay, starters. Okay, but they weren't very good to begin with. They were in the bottom half in the league as center, and he and Lemieux was in the bottom third as a guard. Nick, so look, no, Chai, 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 hold on. Let, let's be fair. Nick Gates is a solid starting center. Shane Lemieux was completely unproven. I agree with you on that. That's fair. How about Andrew Thomas? He was playing no, one of the I'll best left you, tackles in the no, league. I, I'll give you Andrew Thomas. That that's legit. The other two, no, no. We, I, the offensive line, interior-wise, would be the same as it is pretty much now. Uh, but the yeah. other thing about Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones had a chance to be Eli in that last minute and seven seconds, and he ended up being Daniel Jones. He threw an interception, which was horrific. That was a bad at pick. That moment. It was a bad pick. It was a bad pick. No one right? argues that. It was a bad pick. But that wasn't on the last drive, twice. though. So. No, no. But then he got sacked twice and fumbled the ball. Look, you've got to be aware. You know your offensive line is not very good. Why are you holding on to the ball for five seconds? Charlie, you there's one minute to go, have... and there's no timeouts. What do you want him to do, throw four-yard <laughs> passes? The clock's going to run out. No, they got to get in field goal range. Quicker. The drive you started know, at the 25. It. Try to get a pass interference, you know, call or something. Not just hold on to the ball and get sacked. And, and then if he threw but an anyway. interception, you'd be killing him. <laughs> Correct. Would you not? No, I would yeah. not. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Situation. Oh, Charlie, come on, please. Yeah, what do you come think? On, come on, Charlie. No, Charlie, Lance please. is right about that. Lance is right about that. Yes, he is. Charlie, you contradict yourself. At this point, you don't even know what you're talking about every five seconds. Unreal. Unreal. He goes He goes from one minute he says, I want Daniel Jones to not throw the ball away. Just and throw the it next up second, there. Just, the next second he's, he's campaigning for him to be the ultra-aggressive quarterback of all kinds. I just chuck it up. I mean, <laughs> unreal. Really. I mean, there's no words. And there by really the isn't. way, and, I'm, and look, this is, 
He says, oh, he had a chance to look like Eli Manning and said he looked like Daniel Jones. Well, you know what he looked like? He looked like Eli Manning between 2013 and, 2006 and 2017 when he couldn't get protected either in those spots. Right? Sure. It's hard for a quarterback to execute a two-minute drill in a two-minute offense when your line can't protect because you can't do those things we talked about at the start of the show. Max protect, chip, play action, move the pocket. You can't do that in a two-minute offense when you have one minute on the clock. You have to go... 45 yards at least in order to get in the field goal range or 35 yards at least to get in the field goal range, and you have no timeouts. And the Chiefs are going to make you throw everything in the middle of the field so so the clock keeps running, and they're not going to let you throw it further than 10 yards down the field with the way they schemed up their defense. So yeah, it's that's just the way it is, man. Like, if you can't protect, it's going to be hard to run two-minute drills. It's really, really hard. No team can really do that. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do. Just saying. That's why I go back to my statement earlier. I think it played right into the hands of Spags because you know, John, he was waiting the whole game, right, to be aggressive and have a situation where his team's up. He knows they have no timeouts. He knows Daniel Jones of the offensive line. There's some question marks there. And Spags dialed up the green light for Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and his two elite edge rushers won their battles. That was, to me, the perfect match for the Chiefs' defense in that circumstance. And by the way, Lance, very quickly, I just want to go back to Pete's call real quick. Joe Judge has basically said that in his press conference, is that, yeah, we're making mistakes to beat ourselves, and that's unacceptable. I mean, it's not like he's running from that. No. Well, the the other thing, John, I know we want to wrap up, but the other thing I wanted to say earlier in response to Pete's phone call and a number of other people who have referred to the press conference, which I, I always love, what do you think a player is going to say or a coach is going to say, you know what, the entire week I told the team I want at least 11 penalties. <laughs> I want a phantom. Put yourself in a position where the ref could call you, okay, for a face mask so you could give the opposition 15 more yards. No player, no coach ever is promoting any of that stuff. Unfortunately, within a game, those things add up. And, yes, we're magnifying them because the Giants have lost a number of close games. But I just – if you're waiting for them to come out and just flat-out admit that they're coaching and preparing their teams to do that, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. I think what we need to stop doing as fans and people who analyze and consume football is we need to stop John yearning for the coach and the players in the press conferences. They need to tell us exactly what we want to hear. It's almost as if we should hand them a script. Okay, please, Coach Judge, I want you to read now the first two paragraphs so that the <laughs> court of public opinion can sleep well at night because you explained it exactly the way we all want it. It's just not going to happen like that. Yes, and throw six of your players that you might really like under the bus, even though you know they feel terrible about it. You know that they know that they made a mistake. But just to make fans happy, you need to drag them publicly and perhaps mess up the chemistry inside your locker room and your relationship with the team just to do fan service for people. They're damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. That's the bottom line. Lance, good stuff, my friend. Absolutely. Good All right, conversation. Tomorrow we are, yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow we're back. It is, let's see, I got a chair in front of a paper here. I think it's the Tino and Cross. Yes, it is. On Big Blue Kickoff Live as we head into the final game before the bye week. Uh, Giants and Raiders at MetLife Stadium on November 7th. For Lance Meadow, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live.